Securities and advisory services offered through National Planning Corporation member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rick Saylor Financial and MPC are separate and unrelated companies. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that have been deemed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. Neither MPC nor Rick Seller Financial accept any liability for the use of the information discussed. Consult with a qualified financial, legal, or tax professional prior to taking any action. Well, I'm Rick. And I'm Eric. And we are your transparent wealth management hosts. Welcome to our show. And another happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, my friend. What do we call them? Froggy Fridays. Froggy Fridays. Because we're happy. <laughs> every every Friday is froggy. Summer continues uh, just just cresting into summer here. And uh, in wonderful, uh, we're getting a lot of rain. We are. A lot of rain. You know, and, you know it's coming up, uh, I guess, courtesy of our friends in Texas. And yep. we can say our hearts and uh, well wishes and prayers go out to you and your families. I know that's devastating. Um, but you got a lot of rain and you got flooded we're just getting a lot of rain yeah rain it seems like you know we went that the big what seemed like three or four weeks without a drop of rain and now it's we're making up non-stop for it. <laughs> it's the humidity you know i'd like to see the sunshine mm-hmm. but rain makes the world go round though it makes that grass green and those hops for my those late beers father grow. used to call that liquid sunshine that's it so, uh, you know, Eric, we've been on, we're on this summer series of a financial plan, your financial GPS, the importance of plugging that in, you know, looking at your situation, because everybody's financial independence story or retirement plan is unique. It's like a fingerprint. It's like a snowflake. We've never seen in our combined 40 years, never seen two people identically the same. Yep. You know, and then you've got the issues, you know, that are uh, related to the market that we can't really control, but we got to be aware of mm-hmm. because certain things don't, don't act the way they're supposed to. Yep. They're cool. misbehaving. Yep. So, I mean, you traditionally have stocks, bonds, and cash. Well, stocks are all the values and a lot of areas is priced into this market because our consumption level is not high enough to, to drive up a higher demand value market in stocks. Uh, you look at bonds, they're in a bubble and you look at interest rates and it feels like you owe the banks and the, you're not, you're not even outpacing inflation. Yep. So it's the things that worked when interest rates were falling might not necessarily work this time around. And if you don't understand why certain things acted that way, you're not going to understand why when they go back to normal levels, why they don't act, continue to don't act that I way. I mean, we're just now starting to see volatility in the market again. Mm-hmm. And that's a natural, normal, healthy thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you just got to know how to play it. There's opportunities and perils in every market, but that's the investment side. That was a different segment. So in the first part, if you go back, you listen to the first week, I think it was on June 5th, we did a segment on the basics of the financial plan and all the pieces, mm-hmm. looking at, are you going to work? Where are you going to get income from? Pensions? Is it a defined benefit plan where you get a definite benefit uh, with spousal benefits that are options and in there? Um, are you doing a defined contribution plan like a 403B or a 401K or deferred comp? Different animals. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to look at those differently. Then we looked at doing Social Security or the government pensions. You know, if you got a civil service, FERS, STRS uh, in Social Security, and there's different different options and ways to optimize all those. Mm-hmm. Then we talked about if you want to touch on savings and investments. Yeah, savings and investments. That's going to be your personal savings. Um, if you have some, your investments, you know, how much to withdraw from them, 
you know, just because the investments are there, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean the income off of it's going to be tax-free or um, efficient. So it's understanding how and when and what to take and when to take it on the withdrawals that's coming from your savings account and your investment accounts. And those savings and investments, that could be brokerage accounts, it could be stocks, bonds, mutual funds, annuities, cash, dividends off of stocks, uh, distributions off of private investments. It could be um, alternatives, you know, publicly traded REITs, privately traded REITs, uh, business development corporations, commercial backed lo- commercial backed loans. Um, so there's all different types of annuity, uh, not annuity. It's all different types of alternatives, yeah. and it's just understanding, or know, dare say, options. There's just all options. kinds of options, and you want to get the best ideal risk reward relationship. Don't be taking undue risk because certain markets you're going to be rewarded. Others, you're going to be punished. There was actually a period in the 2000s, the early 2000s, we tracked something called the financial frontier, efficient frontier. And it tracks, if you look at a graph with a bar, it looks like a, you know, like a V or it's just laying down. You got a bar across the bottom and and one across the the side. And on the bottom is the risk. And on up the left-hand side is the return. Now, we've always been told if you take more risk, achieve more return. Now, in the decade of the 2000s, it actually inverted. The less risk you took and the the bonds you bought, the more return you got. And the more risk you took in stocks, the less return you got. And that hadn't happened in like, what, 70 or 80 years? At least. I know, well, modern portfolio theory, which I believe that came out of, has only been around since the 50s. Mm -hmm. You know, Harry Markowitz... uh, genius that he is came up with that still with us too by the way yep but they're the also the guys that came up with he and another guy bill Sh- william sharp came up with the four percent rule you know that you could draw four percent off of your investments and you should be okay well that rule's kind of gone by the wayside maybe you can draw that much or maybe you need to be drawn less because we're kind of in a slow growth risky kind of market and that kind of drawdown may be too aggressive mm-hmm. so for example um, I think of this story of these folks that came to us in the 90s. They had a construction company, uh, were successful, had a couple million dollars before they, uh, before they met us, certainly. And then in the downturn of the 2001 in that market, they were drawing like 40,000 40, a year. So off a couple million isn't that, isn't that bad. You know, if assuming everything's no, staying 2%. the same. That's a 2% draw, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they got hit in that downturn, they continued to take the 40000 so they were compounding their problem. They were taking it probably from down positions. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it was, it was eroding their portfolio faster. Um, by the time we saw them in like 2006, uh, they only had $850,000 left. And, and their question was, are we going to outlive our money? And I said, if you don't change what you're doing, you are. So you have to agree to adhere to the dis- disciplines and the methodology we're going to use. And we'll make sure as best we can so you don't go live with your kids. You want to live with your kids? No. Mm-hmm. Well, it lasted about a year and a half. And I felt like I was more of a counselor than I was an advisor. Because all I heard from the wife was, why can't I have that income? I said, because do you want to live with your grandkids and your kids? Nope. Then that's why you can't have it. I tried to explain it in logical means. Uh, it got into where sometimes in those sessions, well, he's got a coin collection. He's got a gun collection. And, and it was like, 
I thought, I'm going to go nuts here. <laughs> so finally, they come to me, and it was in the spring of 2008. And they said, you know, he said, I, I think we've had enough. I don't think this is working. I said, I agree. I'm just going to caution you. You know, our demographic trends are lining up with our micro trends. I see a downturn of 50% coming, and it looks like this fall. His final words to me as he was walking out the door was, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Never heard from him again. I dare say they're living with their kids. But again, what, what is the point here? That sometimes you can take 4% or sometimes more. What if you've got a high dividend paying portfolio? Maybe you, you know, the situation is don't draw the capital, just live off the interest or dividends. So it depends on what kind of tools and instruments you're using, which makes all the difference in the world. Yep. And plus you want to be growing your capital base, you know, to beat inflation because you need that to stay, keep pace. So you can't take it all. So point being, again, sometimes you can take more, sometimes you need to take less, but it needs to be specific to your situation. And that's what a financial plan can do. Yep. So, you know, the topic today, Eric, is, you know, we've got that, when we look at the inputs into a financial plan, you know, we look at, you know, somebody's inflows and outflows or what their budgets look like. So we've talked about the inflows. That's income, that's working, that's W-2 salary or Social Security benefit or IRA money or pension, whatever it might be, that's your inflow. And the outflows are obviously going to be your expenses. Now the question is, what does your ideal life look like? Mm-hmm. And within the financial plan, Money Guide Pro, that we're giving you access to, again, a $10,000 program cost to us with all the add-ons and the, the features we use to, to stress test portfolios against. Um, you know, we usually charge 500 bucks. You got absolutely free access to it. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is send us your email address, info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com or call 24 7 at 513-454-9999. Give them your email address and say, I want the free Money Guide program access, and we'll link you up. We'll send you even a PDF that you need to print out, fill in, and populate so that you've got all your data in front of you so when you're looking at those screens, you can put it in. Correct. If you got questions, then feel free. You can email us or call us. Yep. It will help you because at the end on the results page, you're going to see a result that looks like a speedometer on a car. And if it registers from 40 to 74, you're failing. You're in the red. Yeah, make some changes. Got to make some changes. If you are 75 to 99, not a guarantee of 100% success, but that's saying you're going to out, your money's going to live as long as you do. Yep. So if it's not working, there's only five things they got to work with, Eric. Yep. Work longer, save more. Leave a smaller estate. Well, get get more retirement. You get more return. Yep. Cut your standard of living or the legacy of the smaller estate that you're going to leave to your heirs. Mm -hmm. That's it. So the earlier, so the meaning there is the earlier you start this planning process, the more time is on your side so you don't have to make that rash decision a year before you retire. Think of a captain. I'm a captain now. Yep, that's right. Mariner, I got my, <laughs> got the boat. So. The farther out that that obstacle is, the more time I have to correct to, to avoid it. Mm -hmm. The longer you wait, you know, you're going to, it's not that you can't correct it. It's just going to be more intense. 
Correct. So you really only have three components there. You have time, interest, and return. You got time, interest, and money. So the amount of time that's farther out, the better off you can adjust. Um, you got rate of return. You got to be paying attention to the rate of return. You know, you're taking, getting to the risk you're taking. And the last one is the amount of capital you put in. So every decade, I think, that you wait in this planning process, it, it doubles at least the amount of money you have to personally put in out of your own savings. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you want time and you want, you know, the money on your side. Because if you're getting ready to retire, you're, the chances of you making more money or a, extremely a lot more money that last year isn't going to be that great. So if, you've, if you have 20 years before, well, you've got 20 working years potentially to create this plan and stick to this strategy. And if you're in that pre-retirement phase, you're heading down that five years, that's, that's the, what we call the red zone. If you're in retirement, you're in the end zone, but you got to make sure you stay there. Yeah. Right? So financial plan even becomes even more important because you've got limited options. Your odds are you're not going back to work. Mm-hmm. But for some people, that may be what they need to do. Yep. Because but again, you don't know that. I, it just befuddles me that people would spend more time on their vacations, planning their vacations, than they do the vacation that's going to happen for the rest of their life mm-hmm. called retirement. And it's, and it's the planning part. It's doing the work, but it's also monitoring it in retirement. Oh, absolutely. You know, are, you, are you still As on you track? Could, it's like a financial GPS, isn't it? It is. If it gets off track, how do you know? Yeah. Well, you got to know a competent advisor that can get you back on track. Because I can tell you, more than likely at some point, it's going to go off track. There's going to be some sort of unexplained um, expense, whether it's a health-related expense you know, a home expense, something's going to pop up and you got to make sure that you have been prepared for when that comes, you're prepared for it. You can pay for it. You can maneuver around it. You know, it's kind of, I think of a surgeon and I think of my auto mechanic and you know, my doctor and my, and, and my mechanic, I value both very highly. You know, some people look at these financial tools. I can get online. I can get one of these free financial plan things yourself. Well, first of all, we wouldn't be paying over $10,000 with all of our add-ons, if, if we could get it for, for free. free. <laughs> That's one-on-one. But I don't think, you know, you say a tool's a tool. Do I really want my surgeon working on my car with a ratchet and a wrench? And conversely, do I really want my mechanic working with those... Tweezers and needles. And knives, surgical knives, making those cuts, because they're just tools. They're both mechanics of a sort. Mm-hmm. Or surgeons, however you look at, you know, use the analogy. So it does matter. And, you know, again, this comes back to the whole equation. Fee versus cost. You know, what is something, what is the fee to do something? What is the total cost? You know, if you're listening out there and you're tired of doing it yourself, maybe it's time, This, but this is a good place to find out what's broken. Mm-hmm. You know, and we certainly want to be part of the solution. We've got, we're fully licensed in an end-to-end process. That's why we built the firm, Rick Saylor Financial, with that in mind, kind of like Steve Jobs did when he came up with Apple, wanted to mitigate the dysfunction. So I think of the four pillars in our industry, investing, taxes, uh, risk management, insurance, and estate planning. And in the investment side, we do both fee-based or commission-based solutions. Mm-hmm. We find out what's broken and whatever best fits, and we're transparent. We'll tell you what you're paying, you know, why you're paying it, what it's going to do for you. Yep, if not, don't do it. And on the, you know, the tax side, we partner with uh, local or, you know, I should say local. We partner with CPAs 
that can do both the tax planning and the preparation. Preparation's mandatory. Planning is going back the last three years to make sure you didn't make any mistakes. And if you did, maybe you can refile. But if you can't, make sure you don't step on those same landmines going forward and you can keep more of what you've earned on the tax planning side. And risk, you know, it, uh, it's what kind of coverage have you got. Make sure you got the right coverages. We've got some insurance licenses, but a lot of them we don't have. We don't have property and casualty. You think of whatever you're at risk for and the amount that you're paying for it. You can make sure that relationship's friendly. So certainly with car and house insurance, it reminds me of that kid was at farmer's insurance and he's going to jump in and it looks like a giant exotic pool and as before he hits it's a pond mm-hmm. you know signifying that you don't have the right coverage before you hit <laughs> uh, but i think about life insurance the long-term care and the new form of life insurance long-term care where you can spend down death benefits if you're critically chronically terminally ill so you use the death benefit mm-hmm. pretty cool stuff um disability medicare planning all that stuff that's important health insurance uh, but again, making sure you got the right coverage as you're paying a fair amount for it. And then the last piece, you know, the last pillar is estate planning. So this is um, both estate planning and elder law. We work with uh, probate avoidance attorneys as well as elder law attorneys. You know, you've, you've worked your life. You've created this legacy. You've created this estate. You've grown your assets. Now make sure it's set up correctly so where your beneficiaries, your loved ones, your charities get the good majority of the money, not um, hospitals or attorneys or courts. You know, make sure your estate is in order, and that's what our estate planning attorneys and the elder law attorneys help to accomplish. And and, and in process, right? Yep. So call us at uh, 513-454-9999 or email us at info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com. Request, all you got to do is give us your email. We'll send you access to the, uh, to the Money Guide Pro program. We will send you a PDF that you can download, print it out, enter your data in. You're going to want that in front of you when you're doing these inputs. It's really, it's one of these things that's not easy, but it can be simplified when somebody's guiding you through it. And we want to make this easy for you because we want everybody to send us back success stories where they've inputted something into their financial plan and to say, hey, Rick and Eric, the needle moved to the right. It's moving toward 99. Then we say, hey, probably a good idea to do that. Yep. So a lot of pieces. It's very complex. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about outflows and budgets in the next part and the next piece of the puzzle. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your Straight Talk Money host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, Rick Saylor here. Have you considered the options for maximizing Social Security? Three things I can tell you about it. It cannot legally go broke. It's an all or something system. And smart planning involves strategically integrating this with the rest of your income choices. Don't make the $100,000 mistake by not planning appropriately. Consider retirement income, survivor, and spousal benefits because there's 81 options for couples and only nine for singles. Options and strategies like file and suspend or claim now and claim more later. The difference between age 62 and age 70 is 57% more income for life. So be sure and ask your advisor today about Social Security planning. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your transparent wealth management host, Rick Saylor and Eric Hamburg. So, Eric, we're on this summer series of a financial plan. We're given a piece of a puzzle, 
you know, putting this picture together and helping folks do this and, and kind of, you know, them assisting in the inputs, taking a lot of this out. So, I mean, we're giving them access to a great value. I mean, I wish somebody do this for me. Yeah, and it's, it's <laughs> I mean, you got to do a little work, but, um, you know, put a little sweat in it. You're going to appreciate the appreciate You're going to be the doing end. the inputs where we won't be, but you get access to a Muddy Guide Pro program, which we've got over $10,000 in it on an annual basis. And we charge $500 every time we do a financial plan, not to make money, but just to cover our time and the inputs. Mm -hmm. But we really want you to see what's broken. And then we can give you, you can try these different things. Maybe you hear on the show or you go on and get our white, uh, white papers and say, hey, I'll try that tool. I'll try this and see if that makes me more successful. We, we are the provider of those products, not the manufacturer of them, but the advisor and, and provider of those. And then... We can actually, we want to help see that needle on that final page, that result page, start moving between the 75 to 99 range. Mm -hmm. So I know we, uh, you know, we regularly meet with people and last week we were talking about social security. Well, we can actually show you how to put side-by-side -side programs in there and show, okay, well, this is what you do if you're not using social security optimization. And then here's what it looks like side-by-side -side when you do use it. Or you, we can put both those two strategies in there with, you know, you're the, you know, with just you currently drawing at your full retirement age and put both those strategies and see which one's more successful. We're not changing any dollar amount that you got to invest more or, you know, spend less. It's just how's, which one's going to make me more successful at the end of the day. Right. And it may be like we talked about, if you fall short of your goals, maybe something's got to change. Something's got to give. You got to work longer, save more. You got to get more return. You got to live at a lower standard of living. You got to make some adjustments. Maybe you don't travel as much as what you thought you were going to do or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or finally you say, hey, I'm just not going to be able to leave as much to the kids. Yep. And those and aren't kids and grandkids. And none of those are, are attractive to anybody who's looking to some, enjoy Some retirement. more than others. There you some go. Some are a lot more painful. I don't, I don't know anybody that says, hey, my goal at the end is to go live with my kids. I love my kids. I don't want to live with them. Mm -hmm. You know, I want, to, I want to maintain my independence. And there's a lot of different pieces in this equation. Some of the ones coming up, we're going to have, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Hendricks and our Medicare, you know, mm -hmm. and those options and the gap fillers and are you buying the donut hole fillers? Yep. Should you use it? Depending on which program should you be under, you know, the uh, preferred providers program, the HMO kind of approach, or should, could you be under the other programs? You know, so you find in ways to save money, which is really what we're talking about now. We're talking about budgetary outflows. We've talked about all these inflow mechanisms, and that's a lot in itself, and we'll continue to talk about those. But what about the outflows? I mean, the, the, in the simple terms, Eric, if somebody is spending less, you got more coming in than you got going out? That's a recipe for success. Typically, it's going to register. Yep. Register. How about those unexpected now we know we can kind of you know plan for enter in you know the expectations of what we know but we also have to plug in some of those what ifs we yep. call it stress testing what if you had a you or your spouse experiences a medical uh kind of situation in retirement that you're concerned about paying for Mm -hmm. That maybe all of your health care, the, the Medicare gap fillers don't pay for. Yeah, because, I mean, right off the bat, what we know if you buy, 
You know, if you're on Medicare Part A and B and you've got all the supplementals and all the gap fillers, for a husband and wife in 2015 or 2014, I should say, I don't know what the full amount's going to be, it's going to be $9,000. That's assuming you're, that's for your premiums and you have all, the, all those supplements and those gap fillers. That's assuming if something happens to you that you're covered. Well, what if you've paid for all that? You've paid nine grand out of pocket already, and now this situation has arised, and you're you're not covered for it. Now you've got a twenty thousand dollar healthcare bill in your hands. You know, if you haven't prepared that that could happen, you could be smacked somewhere where you don't want to be smacked, and you might not be able to get over it. Now we can test this objectively inside the financial plan. Mm-hmm. And so again, we say use this, you use this like a financial GPS. Or since I'm a mariner now, I'm thinking about this boat scenario. I see something a quarter mile up, you know, that's in the water, and I I don't have to adjust a whole lot to miss that. Mm-hmm. You know, when I get down to about ten feet, I better be on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I better be able to move pretty quick, mm-hmm. otherwise I'm going right over that thing, yep. and there's going to be more damage. So again, the farther out you see this, you test this ahead of time, then you can sit and say, hey, we have the luxury of saying, hey, it's not a crisis right now. What do I need to make an adjustment? Then you go in, make the adjustment, make the tweak, and then see if the needle moves towards success. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't change that much, then you go, hey, that's not that big an impact. Yep. So this is uh, on a budgetary outflow. We're talking about maybe the negative ones. I mean, think of the losses that could take place. What if you don't have adequate insurance maybe to bury a loved one? Yep. Um, I think of medical expenses. You know, one of the biggest ones, we had somebody in our show here uh, from the Alzheimer's, uh, or we had him actually in for a class. We're trying yes. to get him back on our show, come and get him to be on the radio show. Alzheimer's is, dementia is, is at a rampant increase. And it's hitting people that they didn't think it could hit. So that would be something that's kind of a chronic situation, not critical. Mm-hmm. So what if you had some kind of insurance? That'll be another show. You got protection. You could buy protection where you got access to a pool of money if you were critical, chronically, or terminally ill. So I think a critical, you know, that's 24-7 care. That's round the clock. Mm-hmm. That happened to my mom. Um, chronic and terminal, you're not really going to change my life. Mm-hmm. just has to be managed. Not necessarily 24-7. Yep. So... You know, being able to figure out how you're going to pay for this. Now, this was a statistic that we had quoted earlier in the year, and I think it was done by one of the big... Gallup poll? Gallup poll, I believe so, said 69% of baby boomers were concerned that they were going to outlive their money. That's 69. That's almost 70% of baby boomers had that. And almost three quarters, more than two thirds. Now, 63% or thereabouts, said they were concerned that a major illness would wreck their, again, cause them to run out of money. They would not be able to sustain that. Some of the statistics show that. Um, We talked about last week Social Security. I'm not as concerned about the viability of Social Security. I'll be frank. Mm -hmm. Can't legally go broke. We got more coming in than we got going out. And if you increase the FICA tax, that's FICA, the Social Security tax, by 2.67, you know, According to Alicia Munell and the group out at uh, the Boston Center for Retirement Research, you know, you stabilize Social Security. Medicare, different story. <laughs> that thing has been bleeding in the red and it's getting worse. You got 10,000 baby boomers a day turning 65 for the next 17 years. And if you lay that demographic trim down, you hear us talk about that. 
the baby boom generation I define between the birth years of 32 and 64. There's 92 million people. Lay that down like a train. The engine is 83 this year, turning 83. The caboose is 51. Peak users of healthcare services and et cetera are, are the 83-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And we're living longer lives. You know, dementia-associated stuff, and they're keeping us alive. So if you don't plan for this and the outflows, the uncertainties, uh, there's certain things you know. And we say if you're baby boomer and you're not looking at this, you need to wake up. Yep. Because it's coming, and I'm wondering, with all that massive need and demand, what is the capacity and ability for the system to, to, to provide that? And they continue to provide it. You better, better cover this yourself. Mm-hmm. So in some cases, we'll cover this in another, another show and, and some of the options on how you can cover some of these things because we could devote an entire hour at least to that. But, you know, look at the things that are outflow. So let's say, for example, you say, hey, in the early first 10 years of my retirement, you know, we want to travel. We want to budget $10,000 a year for all that travel or $15,000 a year. We plug that in. And that's on one of the input pages. Mm-hmm. And it, the program is intuitive from your inputs. If you say, I rank that high, that's a need. That's an 8, 9, or 10. And that scale that you, you plug in. I mean, it's very important to you want very to important. accomplish that. It's kind of in the middle. It's 7, 6, or 5. Mm-hmm. If it's of low priority, the program will sacrifice it. It's a want. Correct. And 1, 2, 3, or 4. So depending on how you rank that. So we say go bold, go big, come in, say that's, that's, a, that's a need. Mm-hmm. And then if your program starts to fail, then we'll, you can walk back through there and say, hey, you know what, maybe I'll either carve that back a little bit, not be so uh, aggressive in the amount I'm using, um, or maybe I'll just rank it as not as important. Maybe I'll put it as a middle, you know, seven, six, five kind of category. So all these things can be ranked in there. Again, this is why it's so unique to your situation. Now, maybe you say, hey, it's that important, and I'm willing to work some part-time work. I work three days a week just to keep my sanity because mm-hmm. I can't golf every day, <laughs> can't fish every day. So, you know, so as you weight those, and you do, you work a lot mm-hmm. with this, Eric. Yep, and as you, as you weight them out, it's going to make it either more successful or not. But one of the bigger pieces there, it's not just what you want to accomplish and what you want to do. It's the taxes involved with the outflow. If you're a baby boomer, the majority of baby boomers' money are in deferred, uh, tax-deferred accounts, like a 403B, a 401K, or traditional IRAs. So like Rick's example just before, you want to spend 15000 a year on travel. Well, if all your money is in IRAs, traditional IRAs, you want fifteen. well, you're probably going to have to take out around twenty. I'll be concerned, say $20,000, just to net out 15000 so you're thinking you're pulling 15000 out for 10 years. In reality, you're probably pulling closer to 20000 out. And, and you figure what the 98% of the country at this point has an effective tax rate of about 12% or less. Mm-hmm. So if you figure, let's say 10 for round numbers, 15, yeah, you'd have 18 to 20000 bucks. 18, so that's, that's the, it's the cost of that travel. It's the cost of you wanting to and enjoy that, that, that piece, which it's okay, but you have to understand just because you have a million dollars in an IRA doesn't mean that million dollars is readily accessible and you can take all $1 million out. There's taxes due on it. Well, we call that the mortgage on IRAs. There you and go. And that happens while you're alive and it happens after you die. Mm-hmm. 
So there's some legacy plan in there to make sure that those called stretch IRA, legacy multi-generational IRA planning that needs to be done to ensure or assure that you have a better chance of passing more of that on because the money has to be paid out. That's right. It's, it's about the efficiency of it. You're not going to, you know, just avoid taxes altogether, but you can make it a lot more efficient. That's so tax efficient, more. right. So, for example, last week we were talking about an inflow on Social Security. Well, if you wait, um, and maybe you're going to delay on Social Security, well, where am I going to get money from? Well, you've heard at some point that every man, woman, and child ought to own a Roth and convert to a Roth. Well, just to be blunt, that ain't necessarily so. <laughs> to be improper with English. You know, you got to test it in your plan. So let's, let me throw an idea out here. What if we optimize your Social Security and you say, okay, I'm going to draw my money from my tax-deferred accounts like IRAs, 401ks, deferred comp, pension rollovers, while tax rates are lower. I'll get more mileage now at age 70. I can flip over to the Social Security at 70. I will have optimized that. Mm -hmm. Hit its virtually its optimal maximum level. Uh, and then I can dial my qualified plans that, you know, like those IRAs, 401k kind of plans back to my required minimum distribution. So you're just taking what the government requires. So you didn't you. convert to a Roth. You started using that money earlier before you had to. Now, you know, if, if you're listening and, and listen to some of our other shows at age 70 and a half, something happens eric what is it it's called a required minimum distribution so the required minimum distribution at age 70 and a half any qualified accounts like rick just said i traditional iras um 401ks if you're not working 403bs if you're not working deferred comp the government requires you to take a certain percentage out it's not that you lose that percentage you've got to withdraw it from that ira and pull that ira and you know, pull that money into a taxable account and do you have to take it all out no, you just have to take what the required minimum distribution is. There's a table so under for the, that. The first one at age 70 and a half is 3.65%. Each year, that percentage increase. It goes from, like, it's like 3.65 to 3.78 to 3.8. You know, so each year roughly, it gets a little yeah, bigger. It's about 3.45 at 71. The mm -hmm. divisor, I think, is 27. Yeah. It's 127th of the account. And they're recalculating off your balance. So the dollar amount changes, the formula stays the same. By the time you're about 85 or 86, you're taking about 6%. Mm -hmm. By the time you hit 114, you're taking 50%, 49, and then the next year you take 51 and it's gone. Yep. So again, that's kind of an extreme. So when you're looking at how you're going to cover outflows, you know, this is a strategy we're talking about, not a recommendation that, you know, the... And again, we should mention that everything we're doing is educational mm -hmm. on our show, and, and you should consult, doesn't constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. You know, you should consult with a, a qualified financial, legal, tax, or real estate professional before you take any actions. And some of the things we may say may sound forward-looking, mm -hmm. but nobody has a crystal ball. Um, we'd like to have one. We so would. somebody finds a good deal on that, let us know. I think our radio show would stop and we'd be in warm, beachy places all day. <laughs> I'd say we'd be on our own planet. So, you know, when we look at these strategies, we look at these different options, these different ideas, what we're really talking about in a financial plan is, is testing this, stress testing it, putting it under duress so that you don't get any ugly surprises. Because I don't know that anybody ever goes out the door from their day job and their career job saying, you know what, I want to work at McDonald's. 
I want to go down there and flip burgers. Or you know what? My dream job is to sit there in front of Walmart and greet people. I'm not saying that's a bad gig. I'm just saying, is that really what you want to do? Do you want to do that just to get by in retirement? No, if you, if you, if you want to do it because it keeps you active and interactive, that's one thing. If you have to do it, that doesn't sound like an ideal life to me. Mm -mm. So, again, looking at these budgetary, uh, a budget, you know, some people have never done a budget. No. We've got a, a short worksheet for that. You can look at how those outflows, and you know you have, let's say, let's categorize it like this, fixed expenses and discretionary. Yep. Discretionary kind of falls in that category of wants. That's your fun money. So you're yep, going to travel, going to do this, going to do that, going to go out to eat, going to golf, going to whatever. Um, the fixed expenses, you got to have food, you got to have shelter. Yep. The manner in which you get that food and shelter and the quality or quantity of that is going to be entirely dependent on how successful you are with these other things, but it's certainly an area you will get down to a point where you simply can't cut anymore. Yep. If you have to. So you really don't want to have to do that. No. <clears throat> make so, sure, make sure you get on our website, straighttalkcleardecisions.com, and check out these past shows, the summer series we're doing, as well as any of these white papers that are attached to, you know, uh, budget, inflows, outflows, insurance. Get on the website, check it out. Give us a call, 513, you know, 24-7, you can give us a call at 513-454-9999, and you can ask for access to the, you know, the absolutely free program to you, the Money Guide Pro, Money Guide Pro program, and we'll get it, get it to you. All we need is your email address, so you can get in there and start playing $500 it. planning value, a $10,000-plus program. Yep. That's a, that's a great little uh, little giveaway. So you're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your no-nonsense wealth management host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. Money is an awesome thing If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings Hey, have you heard about the new long-term care alternatives? Many of you may know how I managed my mother's care and I took her through her money in the spend down into the veterans benefits. My father was a two-time Korean War vet and right into the Medicaid. She started out at $2,700 a month in assisted living and at the end of her life two years later was over $8,000. The three concerns I hear the most about long-term care insurance protection is that it's expensive, the premiums are rising, and I may never use it. Well, why don't you try what I did? I bought a life insurance long-term care. They can't cancel me, the premiums can never go up, and oh yeah, I can spend that death benefit before I die, if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill. Be sure and ask your advisor today. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your no-nonsense money host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. So, Eric, this summer series on a we continue with another piece in the puzzle. We've talked a lot about, you know, the the inflows and where those come from. We'll continue to talk about that. Budgets, though, the outflows, critical, critical stuff, and and very subjective. Mm -hmm. It's going to be based on somebody's whims, wants, and needs. And it could be changing a lot, you know, the outflow because an outflow, you know, it's like we mentioned, it's the expenses part. But if if you are leveraging anything, if you're talking about interest rates or you still have a mortgage on your house or you want to, you know, buy a house and you can't pay for it all um, cash, then you're going to be subject to the interest rate at that point in time. And we know the, 
the period of time we're in right now where we've seen zero interest rate basically since 2009. You know, we haven't had an interest rate increase. Um, ten years. A Fed, a Fed funds Fever. increase in 10 years. We don't know if it's coming right now, but we're pretty darn certain it's we're pretty darn close to it. trying to keep that easy money policy, and they're creating some unintended consequences on the asset side. But on that note, there were several shows ago we had Jordan Goodman on our show. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the ideas you may want to look at from a budgetary standpoint, we're not endorsing, just suggesting here as an idea. Look at your mortgage. I don't care if it's 15 or 30 years. And Jordan brought up an idea of accelerating your mortgage by using a home equity line of credit, a HELOC. And I know you're personally kind of in the middle of this, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at it doing it myself. But because simply, in simple terms, the way the debt is calculated, one is an amortization where you're paying almost all interest in the front side and you don't get into principal till later, where the HELOC is a average daily balance. And because the way they calculate the interest rates differently, you can use the HELOC, you know, as a tool to start leveraging a pay down an earlier payoff to your mortgage. That's right. And you don't have to change the, the current mortgage or current rate. If you've got a good rate, keep it. You know, maybe you open up a line of credit. You know, what, from, from, I don't know, my research that I, we've done on it, number one, it's not going to work for everybody. You know, this isn't something where you're just going to, you know, miraculously pay off a mortgage in seven years. You know, you, you've got to have some discipline. You've got to have cash flow has to be on your side. But you're basically you're paying off the principal, and you know instead of just paying an extra two grand, you know a lot of people they'll just pay two grand into their house payment extra each month to pay it off quicker, and that's essentially that's just kind of the same thing this home equity line is doing. However, when you pay that two grand directly into the principal of your house, you have nothing to show for it. It's in your house. There's you can't just go and grab that two thousand out. If you want to, you've got to open up a line of credit, and that could take six seven weeks, or you know, so it's it's kind of that same principle, except you're doing it through a line of credit. So when you pay that extra two or three grand in, you know, a month, say for a year, and you need three grand, it's right there in that line of credit. That money is still accessible to you. Right. So let's say, for example, let's say you got a, a $200,000 mortgage and you got a $25,000 home equity line of credit. And essentially what they advocated was taking the HELOC and applying it all against that mortgage and buying it down. Now your mortgage note is only at 175000 Yep. And then you're paying down the HELOC, got everything flowing into that, all your bills and all that. And it's a cash flow mechanism. And because of the way the interest is calculated, you're saving hundreds of thousands of dollars yep. in mortgage costs. And the bankers don't like to tell you about this. And this isn't a, this isn't a new concept. This has been going on in Great Britain and what's Australia. That, what, yeah, what's that website? Truth and Equity? Truthinequity.com. You know, it's, it, this isn't new. This is something that's always been around. But the, prob- the thing with it is... The bankers are going to lose, the, not the bankers, the banks are going to lose a lot of interest money. And that's where they make a lot of money. Sure. You, know, you amortize a loan out for well, 30 years. That's how they're years. so profitable. It's <laughs> not because of the money they're paying you, it's because of the money you're paying them. Yeah. So, Bounce a check sometime. Yeah, so, so go reverse <laughs> it on the banks. Take that loan out, but pay it off quicker if you can. And then you get to keep that interest in your pocket, not the bank get to keep it. So how does this all play out in the grand scheme of things? Well... You know, this is the outflow. You're mm-hmm. reducing your outflow. So if you get to a place where you have less of a mortgage payment or no mortgage payment at all in this case, yep. you know, you're going to get to the end and be able to ring that bell because you're more successful. Because yep. now you, maybe you, you, you don't have to take as much investment risk. That's right. You know, think about it. If you've done this planning, you know, five or 10 years out and say you still have a mortgage, well, if you can adhere to this strategy and it works for you, you could get, you, you know, you could get to retirement and not have a mortgage. Whereas you thought you'd have that mortgage five or 10 years in, you know, you got to do planning to make this stuff work. 
but it, you know everything takes a little bit of sweat you know you have to put forth an effort put forth the due diligence to make it happen but planning ahead is going to allow you to do this because it's going to free up money down the road yeah and you, and you know we're not connected anyway to truthandequity.com this is just somebody jordan goodman who you know we we hold in high esteem and we'll have jordan back on the show he's a good guy um and only been doing journalism and financial stuff for 38 years yep that's so right. i'm only 32 i guess i'm 32 years in <laughs> i'm just a youngster uh but I look at this and I say, okay, well, here's there's one idea. So think about this. We talk about possibly in the last segment about potentially unanticipated medical expenditures that you or your spouse may experience. So you can be insurance poor, but let's take a concept here. It's something that I personally did. I bought a life insurance policy that has a death benefit of a million dollars. I've got a fixed premium on that. I think it's about thirteen, twelve, thirteen thousand dollars a year. My break even to where that I'm paying in per year to the death benefit, I will pay in an amount. It'll take me about, I think, 67 years or something. I will pay in in premium an amount equal to that $1 million. Now, why would I buy a policy that big other than the fact I disappear and Kim throws one hell of a party? Is <laughs> the fact that I can use the death benefit in this new insurance before I die. For yourself. For myself. If I'm critically, chronically, termly ill, now this is very general, uh, these different policies like this, the new life insurance, long-term care, have different triggers. And they're all underwritten. Yeah, they're underwritten. But there's six activities of daily living. Can you feed yourself, bathe yourself, close yourself, trim your own toenails, move um, move yourself from bed to chair. There's, there's uh, six of these. If you lose two of those, then... Under my plan, then I get different amounts. You know, if I'm critical, I'm going to be in a facility, right? I'm not going to have, I'm going to be round the clock care and I'm going to burn through the money quicker, but I got access to it. Yep. If I'm chronic, you're not really going to change my outcome. And if I'm terminal, you're not. Come to me, I'll get five times the mileage out of those dollars. So services are coming to me. My point being, do you want to, I'm planning for a pool of money of a million dollars at twelve or $13,000 a year. And you know you're going to benefit from it or your beneficiaries I want to leave a legacy, yep. you know, into the charities that I value, you know, the kids if they behave. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm carving that out as a portfolio protection and paying a discounted rate for that. So there's an example where I can plan for that and make sure that that unexpected expenditure doesn't pop me upside the proverbial financial planning head yep right and knock me out of the game or knock me off course correct to success so there's a couple ideas here that are, are centered around budgets uh you know the reality is and i was told this by you know one of the many people we've come across in all the years he said you know there's rick there's really no way around this as you get older you just have to eat less now, this was not encouraging information to me. <laughs> we like happy hour, and uh, we like eating all those things that aren't good for us. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, that's kind of a proactive thing. If you want to reduce your, your medical expenditures, live better. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm actually finding, in the last few years, I'm starting to eat less. I'm trying to, I'm very proactive in the processes I do, and exercising, and strengthening, you know, cardio and stretching, those are really the three areas that you have to focus on. And, you know, fitness people, much more informed than me, focus on your core, 
you know, I've had some back issues, so I'm on one of those inversion tables, you know, that invert upside down. And so I'm doing all kinds of things that are proactive. Those are all things that can actually help you with your budget because then your quality of life is better and you're not putting yourself at risk for one of those unexpecteds. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't, again, count for everything. So, again, that's why I have one of those policies. So there's a couple of things. What's some other things, you know, maybe people can, if they have to trim their budget, um, you know, you do the things that are just like go to museums, go to parks. There's things, there's a lot of things in quality of life with kids, grandkids, whatever, that don't cost that much, but are priceless. Yep. Fishing. Fishing. Or, you know, with, I look at technology today, you know, if, if many of you, um, still have a landline and let's say you're you have you know husband and wife both have cell phones you haven't used that landline in three months um you might feel comfortable with it but those landlines if you actually sit down and look at that bill they are not cheap you're probably you could be paying close to the exact same bill you are for your cell phone and hey all you gotta you do is, is find the password for your neighbor and you can you can get, get on the internet off their wi-fi yeah so i mean <laughs> maybe maybe that landline isn't doesn't make sense for you anymore but guess what? You're not going to find that out unless you've got a budget. You know exactly what's coming in and what's going out. You line item it. So here's another item. So maybe you say, hey, you know, we always had two cars because we had two jobs and now we don't. So let's share a car. Mm-hmm. Let's get, uh, get a golf cart that's cheaper. Right? Point. I'm going to run around the local stuff and those are becoming more popular. And I know it is up in the, the lake house property we're in. You know, it's a golf cart friendly and you got the, what is it, the down in um, Florida. The villages? The villages. I mean, they drive all over the place in golf carts. Well, there. I saw that was kind of funny. I was running with my dog yesterday. Was the, two days ago. And I'm running around the circle, and I come down. I live off this hill. And all of a sudden, this golf cart's just flying down the hill. This, this older gentleman's on this golf cart flying down the hill, going right to the pool. <laughs> so that's here. So, I mean, it's just the practical things. If you don't want to drive, get something else that's more practical, and you can use it. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's beneficial. Down, down in the long run so you know here's the bottom line spend less than what you bring in live below your means this is good advice for everybody anytime at life now the other side of that is is why don't we we do this in your plan we get your plan right then you know some of us out there are not spending enough you can't take it with you mm-hmm. there's no brownie points it's, it's unlike the guy who died and said i know how to take it with me sell all my stuff turn it into gold and bury it with me. He got up on the other side. He walks up to the pearly gates and uh, Jesus says, what in the world you got there? And he goes, I brought it with me. He said, let me see. Opens up the suitcase. There's a suitcase full of gold. And he said, what? You brought pavement? (laughs) Streets of gold. (laughs) So, uh, you know, apart from that, Mm -hmm. you know, this is one of those deals where, you know, you just want to spend less, but make sure you're spending you know, the right amount to what your income outflows. And that's a constant thing. That's going to change. Yep. And one, one very good activity you can do, if you know you're a year out from retirement, that next that year leading up to retirement, practice living on your retirement budget for that year. That's a good idea. You know, if you want to live on, say you're living on 100000 now, and now you only want to live on eighty in retirement, that, le- that year leading up, live on that 80000 If you can do it, you know you're going to be in pretty good shape. If you're struggling or you're having a hard time with it, well, you might need to push that retirement date out or you're going to have to change something. The sooner you do that, the better. So these are a lot of good ideas. This is the piece of the puzzle that uh, was next in the equation in budgets. 
uh, you know, we'll be getting into insurances and Medicare planning and estate planning and all kinds of things. So a lot more to come. Thanks. You've been listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your no-nonsense wealth management host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg.